welcome back to the Space Island Collective. It's another solo mission. If you're bored, Desmond, Desi is dead, Robinson. The crew is taking, taking the day off. It's been a trying week. And, you know, let's, let's help them get their mental health and their energies back in line and for next week. Hopefully next episode, <laughs> we'll do the, we'll start our path on the journey to the 20th, the 40th anniversary of Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. Each, every other week, we'll be doing a review of all the Star Wars movies um, leading up to us ranking the Star Wars films. And then from then on, we'll be doing our reaction or review, whatever you want to describe it. Of Obi Wan, the series, May twenty fifth, anniversary of a new hope, on Disney Plus. So it's the only time I'm ever hyped for Star Wars so far because of Obi Wan. I, I really want to see Ian McGregor come back, and this is going to be very interesting. But besides that, once again, welcome back to Space Side Collective. Remember, you can hear us on your favorite podcasting services around the internet. Um, if you're on Apple or Spotify, you know, hook us up with a rating. You know, you know, rate us so we can get these um these these sponsors, so we can get some podcasting money. You know, I'm you know I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's you and me, audience. It's just you and me. So please, thank you. On this episode, we have two, actually three news stories, two um, movie news, and one video game news. Oh, what a bunch of what it is. And you're finally, also today, we're getting my Ghostbusters Afterlife review. I watched it two times, then I rewatched Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, and watched Ghostbusters Afterlife again to get myself prepared for this review. You know, I'm going to do it proper. It's me, the only Ghostbusters fan on this podcast, on this crew. Um, so before we get into any of that, and before we get into the fun stuff, um, but speaking of Ghostbusters, the man who brought them uh, to the big screen, director Ivan Reitman, passed away on February 13th at home. I'm surrounded by family. That that, that hit. Um, this day, he has a wealth of films under his belt. It, either from directing or producing, just to name a few. Meatball, Stripes, like I already mentioned, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Twins, Kindergarten Cop. Um, just, like I said, just to name those few. He also cast his son Jason Reitman the director of Ghostbusters Afterlife in Ghostbusters 2 as that kid at the start of the movie um, shitting on um, Ray and Winston at that kid's birthday party and then proceeded to call for He-Man yep that was one Jason Reitman <laughs> in that so it's been um, it's a good legacy to have um, between Jason and um, Ivan Reitman He's also uh, was the physical actor for Egon in place for Harold Ramis in Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's a little bit of trivia if you did not know. Um, it's I feel like that was a good send off for Ivan Reitman getting to step in for one of his good friends, um, Harold Ramis, um, who passed away in 2014. Um, yeah. Um, sad day for Ghostbusters fans everywhere, including myself, but also thoughts and positive vibes to the Reitman family, um, if this ever gets their way. Um, thank you, Jason and Ivan Reitman, for making Ghostbusters Afterlife. And, yeah. Let's get right into the Ghostbusters Afterlife review. So, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out. Alright, I keep on doing this. See, this is why I need Benita. And everyone else here. They keep me in line. When I keep messing up. Ghostbuster Afterlife came out. Alright. I, I have it. I have it. 
I have it. I don't have it. I'm gonna have it. Okay. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife came out November 19th, 2021. The official Blu-ray and uh, digital release came out February 1st, about a couple of weeks, about three weeks ago. Um, so your boy has been watching it a lot. Um, some of the reviews have been mixed, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna gush. You know it's gonna happen. This is me. I'm going I'm gonna have fun. So, right off the bat, I definitely enjoyed Ghostbusters: Dark for Life. It was I feel what we needed um, as a third movie to this um, Ghostbusters franchise. Um, right off the bat, I really do not have a problem with. Really do not have a problem with um, Ghostbusters. Answer the call, um, Paul Feig's Ghostbusters, because it's I want to say a Ghostbusters movie of its time or a Ghostbusters movie for that um, for that time it came out, which would be twenty sixteen. I want to say twenty sixteen Ghostbusters. Uh, Answer the call came out, but it, it I thought it was fine. Um, I just didn't like the. And I mentioned before, is when the four main characters are smart, but the world is stupid. Like I, I never, I never gelled with when, when, um, where movie movies, not just like, um, movies like Ghostbusters, but like just that in general. It just, I never, I felt like it worked. Um, the humor was great. I, I loved all four: Kate McKinnon, um, Leslie Jones, Kristen Wiig. And oh my god, oh my god, Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> oh my goodness, um, I thought they they had great chemistry. They worked, um, they worked well together. So I like to think of that as. It, and I know a lot of people complaining that they included the um, Ghostbusters after the call into the box set collection. It's Ghostbusters. I mean. I feel like anything Ghostbusters related should be included into a box set. Even the real Ghostbusters and the extreme Ghostbusters cartoons, I should feel it. If you really want the ultimate collection, that should have been like all together. But yeah, we got what we got. Um, kind of shitty that it Ghostbusters answer the call was regulated to a digital download as opposed to a physical copy. But okay, thank you, Ghost Corp and Sony. But anyway, um, I'm finally glad I got to see Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I did wish I'd seen this in theaters. Um, little tidbit, I did see Ghostbusters 2 back in 1989 in theaters. Um, making that the first and last time I saw, excuse me, the first and last time I seen Ghostbusters in theaters was in 1989, <laughs> which sucks. Um, I really do wish I saw this in theaters because it was just so well shot. I mean, it's Jason Reitman. Like, if you've seen Up in the Air, um, I think Thank You for Smoking it was one of his. I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll explain if I'm wrong. Um, it was so wonderfully shot and then just like great direction all around. And then none of, the, nobody was annoying. None of the and people's complaining like, oh, there's gonna be kids, there's gonna be teenagers, they're gonna be annoying. No, they all fucking killed it. I loved it. I just didn't like the fact that why the brother got to be a dumbass. Well, he's a mechanic, so he's not that dumb. He like in some respects he has some form of, like intelligence. He's just not scientifically inclined like uh, McKenna Grace's character Phoebe. But we get more to him in a little bit. Um. This was a good blend of modern strange. Not, I want to say Stranger Things horror, because Stranger Things can go dark. A good like Amblin Entertainment type type of scary. Like they got away with some stuff for P being for PG thirteen. For this being a PG thirteen movie, 
They got away with a lot of stuff. So it was like one of those classic 80s movies where it's a bunch of kids. Like, think of the Goonies, but with Ghostbusters. Where they can get away with certain stuff because it's still played up for humor, but also giving that, that scare factor. Um, and people saying it was like, they were saying that this movie was so overabundant in callbacks. Here's the thing. If you're big into Ghostbusters, you're going to love the callbacks. If you're not, you're going to complain about the callbacks to this movie. And that is, you should not take, that should have not take away from this movie whatsoever. Like It's still, if you take the callbacks out of it and keep it that Carrie Coon's character, um, Callie, is learning that, like, she's going through a rough spot, but then she finds out her father, Egon, passed away. Um, to which we do see at the start of the movie. And holy she isn't it. So the movie starts off the pre-title sequence, Ghostbusters and everything, but we start seeing like a proton blast shoot out from top of a shaft mine of from the Shandor Mines company. To which I perfect on the last solo cast back in 2020. Was it 2020 or 2021? Well, I predicted this was going to be connected to Ivo Shandor. So, more on that in a little bit. <laughs> um, but then we start seeing a swirling vortex of clouds under, um, like at night. And then we see an old pickup truck just like hauling ass out of the mine shaft. Um, and then freaking, you see just a bearded old dude just like flying down the street. And then you see... Like um, a terror dog, a ghost of a terror dog, just like following him, and it's like holy shit, this is intense. This is intense for a Ghostbusters movie. Like this is similar to the way how Ghostbusters one started, where we got the librarian dealing with the librarian ghost, but this one was like more ominous. Um, we get back to the farmhouse, and you realize, oh, this is Egon. You only see the patch. You just don't see the face. And it's like he's pressing the Proton trap, but it's like, it seems like it's going to be bigger. And it's not working. The, the mechanical, the mechanics is not working. And he goes into the house and he picks up his PKA meter, but it looks like it's a PKA meter stun gun for ghosts. And I'm like, oh shit! And it, and before he gets into the house, um, he's holding up his the ghost trap, and you just hear the growling, the terror dog. And he gets in the house and he sits in his chair, holding the PK meter, like he's facing like the wall. But the ghost dog comes in and just kills him right there. And I'm like, wow, we. I never thought I'll ever see like the death of a Ghostbuster like realized on TV, like on screen. And I like the fact that this show there's stakes to this finally. Um and Ghostbusters. Like I think as close as we got was an extreme Ghostbusters. Egon once again goes alone and he gets injured and he gets affected by this ghost and it's up to the new team to um, save his life. So that's as close as we ever get to that. Um, but to see this and also as soon as Egon dies, his PK meter starts glowing. So make of that what you will, but we'll keep on going. Then we meet Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhart, and McKenna Grace. Um, like I said, Carrie Coon is playing Callie, Finn Wolfhard, and Phoebe are playing Trevor and, uh, Kenny Ray, so Phoebe and Trevor, like I said before. Um, this is where Callie learns that she's being evicted, and the landlord don't care. He wants his money. I mean, it's true to life. Sorry, you got so many chances, you got to go. But at the same time, she finds out her father's dead, but she's not treating it like it's her father. And that they was a they was gifted Egon's house. Um, they get there and Callie's just thinking of anything valuable to make money off of, so pay off her debts and everything, find some a place for her and the kids to live at. 
And this is where we get to see Annie Potts, the return of Janine Milnitz. Oh my God, she looks great. Um, we learn that Janine and was taking over, was looking over Egon's financials, and we confirm that he has no money. Um, but in some way, she was looking after him. Even, but they was not living together. So Janine still, you learn she's still in New York, while Egon was out in the country in Oklahoma. Um, now over the course of the movie, Trevor finds. Um, the Ecto-1 and he starts repairing it. Phoebe takes a summer class and she meets Gary and um, which is Paul Rudd's character and Podcast, which is Logan Kim's character. Um, and they learn about the tectonic um, place always shifting which is like not indicative of Oklahoma but how is it tied to Shandor Mines. So it's like a lot of build up to it and this is where we get the moments of Phoebe, Trevor, and Callie back in the, the farmhouse. Um, then we start getting the Easter eggs to previous Ghostbuster movies. Like, we get to see um, Egon's favorite snacks, like the Twinkie, his Cheez Its crackers, and um, an Esley Crunch wrapper. Um, the one that Bankman gives him. At, at um, in Ghostbusters one, this is just the rapper, so it shows you that Egon still has his vices, um, which is really fucking cool. Um, this is really cool, and this is a trip, a little bit of trivia for you. Um, the Ecto One gunner seat was used in the real Ghostbusters, and was in and in one of the original Ecto One toys, but not in none of the films. Um, Winston Zenimore was always the um, main driver and mechanic in the um, animated movies um, and is the most upset at the state of Ecto-1. So we get a little bit of that in this one. I'll, I'll, we'll get to that part, that part in a bit. Um, so we go over the course of the movie. Um, the kids are getting acquainted with, um, like Phoebe's getting acquainted with podcasts and um, Mr. Gooberson. Which is uh, Paul Rudd's character. Um, Trevor is getting to know Lucky, and he, you know, puppy love, you know, teenage love. Um, he's getting to know her, and he takes a job at the local burger place. Um, and so the whole town knows Egon as the dirt farmer. Like <laughs> he's there doing nothing. Um, but over the course of the movie, Phoebe who doesn't believe in ghosts, doesn't believe in anything, um, start interacting. She's realizing she's interacting with the ghosts, but she doesn't know if it's um, Egon yet. Um, so over, um, like over, the course of, um, over the course of the movie, um, Phoebe, um, the ghost leads Phoebe down um, to the basement. And she finds the ghost trap hidden under the floor, uh, under a floor panel. Um, she takes the school, she shows it to podcast, and then Mr. Um, Gooberson, I would say Gary, I'm gonna, if I say Mr. Gooberson, I'm gonna start laughing. He shows them what happened in 1984, the, the cross rip of 1984, where Gozer, the Gozerian first came out, and the Ghostbusters fighting it. And this is where. Phoebe learns, like, oh, Egon, I'm a Spangler. Like, this is my grandfather. Um, while Trevor is still <laughs> working on the Ecto-1, um, Phoebe finds Egon's lab. Both, Egon, both Phoebe and Trevor finds um, Egon's lab. And, like, Podcast takes the, um, the an RC car and the the ghost trap it mounts it onto it and then Phoebe repairs the proton pack and we see her testing it out and we see Trevor successfully testing out the Ecto-1 fixing it and all of a sudden they like it combines like then they're 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 both like self-respecting like self-interest starts combining and Phoebe and Podcast discover a new ghost called the Muncher. 
VB almost had it. And Trevor. VB in uh podcast almost had it. But something I've never seen before in a Ghostbusters movie, and it was so cool. The ghost started ripping the proton stream. That is so cool. I'm nerdy out right now. I'm trying to con- calm myself. I'm trying to calm myself. But it's so damn cool. Something you we've never seen before in any form of Ghostbusters, even animation wise or the video game. We've never seen the ghost actually rip the cross um, the proton stream ever. Um They see Trevor go in and this is where we get the part you've seen in all the trailers. Them just flying down the street and then the gunner seat just kicks on. Um and you see podcast controlling the ecto um the RC ghost trap. With Trevor following, um, following with um, Phoebe in the gunner seat, and it's so damn cool. Um, they didn't get the go. It, le- it led all the way back to Shandor Mines, but they they get caught by the police, and while they get caught by the police, um, Callie and Mister Gooberson, goddamn it, I, I, Gary, they go on a date. Um, this is reminiscent of Ghostbusters 2. This one, I would say, this is definitely reminiscent of Ghostbusters 2, except for the Ghostbusters actually interrupted the, um, Bankman and, oh my god, so Green Weaver's character. Dana. Their dinner, but, in a way, the kids interrupted the dinner. Um, Phoebe uses her one phone call to call Dan Aykroyd's Ray Stance. And, oh man, that a hit. So when Phoebe calls, use her one fall option to call Ray. Um, Ray explains that the team broke up after they had ostensibly eliminated all the ghosts. He and Egon had a falling out after Egon stole all the equipment, claiming Gozer could still bring the end of the world. Phoebe tells him that Egon was killed over a week ago before she abruptly is cut off by the sheriff, claiming the time uh, her time is up. I'm a- Anyone who's been in jail. I've never been arrested. Is that true? You got a certain time limit for your one call phone hole? Because I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, come on. Like, and this boot came Woodbine as the town sheriff. So, it's cool to see their brother work. But I'm like, he knows how to play an asshole. And he was an asshole. And the new Ghostbuster, Lucky, who Trevor likes, um, that's her daddy. So, I'm like... Oh, not great. Um, it's great to see McKenna, McKenna Grace did an excellent job playing Phoebe because she embodied a lot of Harold Ramis's mannerisms as Egon. Um, especially when Egon has an outburst, it's an angry outburst, and she quickly did it when the um, the sheriff wouldn't give them back the Ecto One or the Proton Pack, um, and she let out that outburst again when her mother was just shit talking Egon, her own father. And like whew. And oh my goodness. And it's just like, oh my God. We we get we get family drama. And I actually like that. We it's a good combination of comedy, drama, and a little bit of horror. Um but the C a twelve year old and valid. On both sides, because Egon wasn't there for Callie. Um, that's one of the main reasons why Callie is so cold-hearted um, about Egon's passing. So I was like, why should I care about someone who was never there for me? So I'm like, oof. Um, but this is right around the time shit is about to pop off. Um, so the kids goes back to um, Shandor Mines. And they find out that you see different times throughout um, Lucky Podcast, Trevor, and Phoebe. They go back to Shandor Mines. And they look and they realize nineteen. it was different years, like I think from remember correctly, like 1930s. 19, uh, 1920s, 1930s, 1984, 2021, and then there was um, two other years after it. And 
if you and they show these four pillars, Egon legit took all the proto packs and had them concentrated on this one giant pit to keep Gozer, the true Gozer, like stuck in this perpetual motion so they won't get rebirthed. Um, and you see Ivo Shandor encased in a glass tomb, preserved. Like, whoa. This is crazy. Um, this is where it's about to pop off. Um, earthquakes are getting more eruptive. It's now getting more worse. They get out. And the terror dogs was able to destroy all right now i'm like <laughs> so let me let me let me go back because i have this written down okay they discover the root of all the tremors is the fact that the mind is actually a portal to the evil to the evil dead and every time gozer attempts to rise the horde of ghosts along with twin demon dogs a series of four seismic act, um, activated proton packs there we go um, shoots a beam um, rigged up by Egon um, that would just turn them on every time there's an earthquake that hits. Um, they automatically cross beam and suppress the constant um, attempts of the ghosts trying to escape. This was the source of the uh, recurring tremors everyone in town was experiencing and holding Gozer back was insurmountable tax. Egon has taken along and no one believes him. So, in that same night, Gary goes <laughs> picking some ice cream, and we get those little mini uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Mins. And then he gets attacked by the de one of the demon dogs and possessed. Back at the farmhouse, Callie finds um, the, um, the hidden lab, but then discovers um, Egon actually have been following her. He just haven't physically been present. And. And he had a memory board of her whole entire life on his wall. And this is where she realized and he actually cared. But the moment was undercut when a demon dog appeared and possessed her. Um, after the kids' discovery, um, they find their mother possessed. Um, then she jumps off the window towards the mine shaft. She finds Gary and they uh, hook up. Keymaster found. Oh my God! Are you the keymaster? Yes, 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 yes. And whatever I know the reverence. <laughs> um, they merge their energies in the mind. Um, the kids recovered the Ecto One from Police Impound with the help of Lucky, and retrieved the Proton Pack. Only one Proton Pack. And the ghost trap, an RC ghost trap, and classic Ghostbuster style. They did capture the muncher, but they released it so they can go, they could follow it back at the mines. In true Ghostbuster fashion, and obviously that was Jason Ryan. We knew that was a stud, man. You didn't let Foot and Wilfar do that, that, uh, that hook turn, that, that Tokyo drift out of the out of that police station. Still cold though. Um, they arrive at the mine and witness um, Gary and Callie transform into um, the terror dogs while Gozer is sitting between them. Phoebe steps out from the hiding to talk to and distract Gozer while Podcast controls the RC trap and captures the demon dog possessing Callie. This releasing her from the dog as she passes out. The kids escape in the Ecto-1 as Gary still possessed chases after them. They make their way back to the farmhouse and attempt the same trap that we um, that Egon had in the start of the movie, you realize the whole entire farmland is one big ghost trap. That is fucking awesome. Um, this is where they learn um, something is uh, mechanically is going wrong. So while Trevor and them are trying to figure it out, Lucky kicks the door down of the, of the farmhouse and was like, let's go with her proton pack, her jumpsuit, they're ready to fight. But the ghost trap opens back up. Lucky gets possessed. 
and when all hope is like it's all like it's all down, Ray returns with Bankman and Winston. God damn, I was like, it's so cool. And Ray going his line goes to the Gazarian. It's oh, a moment I skipped up. When Goza comes out the pit, so and Ivor Shandor is reawakened. Ivor Ivo is, like I said, it's connected. Um praising Gozer. Gozer did not give a fuck. Okay. This was not gruesome, but it was definitely a holy shit moment. Gozer just like straight up ripped Ivo Shandor in half from the head to the toes, just like in half, bare hand. I was like, whoa. Was not expecting that. <laughs> was not expecting that. Like, wow. Um, also, Olivia Wilde um, played, not did she didn't do the voice, but she was the physical embodiment of Goes of the Gozerian. And she looked phenomenal. Just, oof. Goodness gracious, she could possess me. <laughs> um... They they had a little bit of trouble. Even the original Ghostbusters had trouble. Gozer just like waved off those proton streams. Um podcast is having trouble to defeat um the mini pups. Um he used the the stun um PK meter um that and then going towards the end, Trevor realized, like, oh, he can use the proton stream in the gunner seat to um, power up the proton, the ghost trap, the farm wide ghost trap. And while he's doing that, the original Ghost 3 Ghostbusters crossed the streams with Phoebe, with Egon helping. Um, also, let me see who has the proton. Yeah, okay. Going back. Okay. So Phoebe is um, helping the original Ghostbusters take down Gozer. And also guiding her is the Ghost of Egon. And this is where we have Ivan Reitman in place, but seemingly opposed with um, Harold Ramis' face over it, how he, how he last looked before he passed. Um, the original Ghostbusters acknowledging... Um, Egon, but just still focusing on Gozer. Um, Trevor, like I said, kicked on the ghost. Um, the Phoebe um, podcast. I'm getting a little bit choked up. Sorry, podcast was able to hit the generator in the Ecto One, which kicked on Trevor's. Um, proton stream to hit the electrical capacitors and gave the burst of energy to charge it up. Kelly threw the mother, Kelly threw the switch to turn on the traps again, activating successfully, capturing Gozer, the Gozeri, and the demon dogs. Um, and ended towards um, going towards the end. The Ghostbusters looked at the ghost form of their um, fallen friend and they all say their goodbyes. Uh, Phoebe fixes her glasses all the way. Egon um, fix his glasses. Um, Kelly gave Egon a hug. And Egon um, form fades and falls into the night sky. Um, the Ghostbusters helped Lucky and Lucky did get possessed in the middle of the fight, so I, I, I did skip over that. But they was able to save Gary and Lucky in the middle of the fight, and the new original Ghost, the original Ghostbusters, get acquainted with the Spanglers. Um, this is where is the callback to the cartoon where he, Winston tells him that he'll fix the Ecto One and um, take it and put the equipment back in New York City. And we see an overhead shot of the Ecto One being driven back into the 
back into the city and the Ghostbuster theme kicks on and that's the end of the movie which is it's this oh my god I'm still getting goosebumps I know it was the, my review and this reaction is misjumbled and normally I can bounce off other people but I'm sorry um, I, it was just so great. Um, it did play on nostalgia, and I'm contradicting myself from earlier in this episode, but it was enjoyable from start to finish. Um, the last little bit was definitely emotional, especially when Egon's spirit fades away, and it does a Fort Herald before we see the Acta One traveling back to um, New York. Uh, it is just it is so great. And this if this was like the last Ghostbuster movie ever to be made, I'm fine with that. They don't need to do another one. It would be nice if there was a next one with this new cast, but if this was just the last one, that is a good this is a good send-off for everyone. But we get an extra credit scene. Two, in fact. Um the one I feel like it was a good extra credit scene. We see Dana and Bankman, and they doing the same psychic powers test that we that Bankman did in the first Ghostbuster movie, <laughs> except for Dana is the one doing the shocking, and he's getting it right. Bankman's getting it right, and then Dana was like, "Are did you put a marker on these cars?" He's like, "I put a marker on these cars," and she started shocking him. And you can just see the joy on, on Sigourney Weaver's face for that. Like, I don't think she was acting. I think she enjoyed that. Um, and it's great seeing them together. It's just great seeing uh, those two characters together and seeing Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray re interacting again. Just so many years. Um, and then we get Winston with um, Janine. Um, Winston mentions that he's been using his resources to maintain the Ghostbuster properties including his Ray Colts bookstore and the firehouse station that he had originally served as a Ghostbuster headquarters. Um, this also shows him, while he's talking with Janine, but talking about legacy, he opens up the firehouse to allow the Ecto-1 in, and he, we see a shot of the basement with the Ecto, the containment system, blinking red. I don't know what that means. I leave it open-ended. Don't give us a sequel. I'm saying it right here. Don't give us a sequel. Leave that open-ended. Do a Ghostbusters TV series with a new crew. Yeah, a live-action TV series can work in this new generation. Let's not do another movie. We we took care of the Spanglers. Egon, I mean, Winston could be the benefactor for the Ghostbusters, and they have to deal with the government. I like that. So, all in all, over um, this movie was enjoyable. Obviously, I watched it four times. <laughs> so, you know, I loved it. Um, I'm not being biased. I really loved it. Um, some parts made me uncomfortable. More of the um, Phoebe versus her own mother um, over the argument over a passing of a, of a one and their perspectives of learning that past one. That was kind of like, not triggering, but just like kind of hit close to home for me. Um, I think that would be the only ding it got um, a lot of new things introduced that I would like to see more going forward. Like, um, I like the RC Proton. Uh, I keep on saying Proton. The RC Ghost Trap. I like to see more of that. I would actually love to have one of those. Um, ghosts fighting back. Like, the Muncher was shooting back at the kids. Um, the Ecto-1 pulling off some Vast and Furious shit. That, was, <laughs> that had me go stretch my head, but I was like, okay. I don't know where he, the kid got, Trevor got those tools. I mean, the the the, the mechanics, but okay. Probably was ever in the fire uh, the farmhouse. Um, and then also a callback. It was um, a callback of the coin that Janine gave Egon as a as a good luck piece, and you find out she had two. And Janine got her coin back, and you see in a really in the movie with um, that callback to Janine giving him when he got on the coin and show, show that connection. I always like 
Like, there was a connection between the two, and they just didn't follow through with it. And I'm, and that's okay. But I want to meet who Egon dated for him to have Callie. That's what, I, if we get another movie, that's who I want to meet. <laughs> Mrs. Spangler. Like, who, who was crazy enough to be with Egon? That's what I want to see. So I'm giving Ghostbusters in my 1 to 5 rating scale a 4.5. Like I said, there were some things that in this movie that kind of hit close to home that I don't really want to see in this movie. Um, but I do like the the old 80s style of horror being used for today's setting. So, like, kids, this is a movie kids can definitely see, and it's not that scary. Um, and it's not Stranger Things-esque <laughs> at the least. Um, but, yeah, I want to see more of this. TV show-wise. Not movie. TV show-wise. Um, other um, trivia. The Revelation 612 prophecy written on the trunk of the front of the farmhouse is the same Bible verse Ray used in Ghostbusters 1984 when Ray is seen again. He has the verse tattooed on his arm. And the verse says, As I watched open the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. Hell of a callback. Um, the toaster master from Ghostbusters 2 is in the kitchen. <laughs> and what else? Yeah, that's about that's about it for Ghostbusters. Yeah. So yeah, that was Ghostbusters Afterlife. I enjoyed it. Um, I could end the episode today, but I'm not. <laughs> you stuck with me for a few more minutes. Now we're going to go on to the news. That was a review for four and a half out of five. Um, but. I want to know. Actually, I want to know. And if you do listen, I want to, I really do want to know. If you made it here 42 minutes into this damn podcast, of this solo cast, I want to know if you, yourself, want another Ghostbusters movie or a TV series. All right? I, I want that. Also, I totally forgot. Uh, no. Oh yeah, Josh Gad was the sound effect voice of uh, the Muncher. So, okay. And another is it is this is one connection to um, Halloween Kills. This movie ever gets. Pud Rudd, Paul Rudd was supposed to be was turned down the role of Tommy Doyle in Halloween Kills to do this movie. And after I heard about Go um, Halloween Kills, I think he made the right choice. So, next up on the news category, while we'll be focusing on Star Wars in the next few months, I'm I'm more of a Star Trek fan than Star Wars. So, as of today of this recording, February fifteenth, it'll be out. Every Wednesday, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, Viacom had an investors event. Uh, Paramount Exec, Brian, exec, Brian, this is coming from comicbookresources.com. Noah Dominguez um, is the one reporting. Um, the report says during the Paramount um, exp, this investor ex, um, event, J.J. Uh, Abrams and Brian Robbins announced that there will be another Star Trek movie, um, and they're targeting late this year to start production. Um, they are also in talks to get Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana, Carl Urban, John Cho, and Simon Pegg to reprise their roles. Um, James T. Kirk, Spock, Neota, Uhura, Bones, Hakuru, Solo, Sulu. And Scott um, for a fourth movie. Um, this movie is going to be directed by Matt Shankman, who um, was the helmer and director of WandaVision, 
what Abrams producing, which is gonna be which is gonna be cool. I would have loved um, Justin Lin to come back, but it's, it's fine because I thought Justin Lin did a hell of a job with this one. Um, so they really, really wanted Pine to come back after that fallout of what was supposed to be back in 2018. Um, they was trying to do a story with um, where's her name? It was here in a minute ago. Wow. All right. Um, there was supposed to be a fourth um, Star Trek film in 2018, but paid disputes between Chris um, Hemsworth and Pine um, fell through. So that wasn't going to go through. Um, there was also supposed to be one by um, Quinn Tarantino. Thank God there ain't going to be one now. Um, writing and someone else is going to be directing, but that didn't go through. So... Um, we got another one coming soon. Anton Yelchin, unfortunately, passed away. Um, but J.J. Abrams did say that they would not be recasting Chekhov in any future movies. So Star Trek Four is um, slated for release December twenty second, twenty twenty three. So very soon. Let's uh, go. Next up on the news, before we go, Cyberpunk 2077 released patch update 1.5. They skipped over 1.3, 1.4, went straight into 1.5. So this new up, this also is coming from GameSpot.com by Darren Bontus. Bro, I'm sorry if I, I fucked up your name. <laughs> um... The 1.5 update um, finds more bugs, fixes, better visuals. The game also includes several pieces of free DLC content um, that, that should entice um, veteran players like myself. Um, not really. I, I really want to know what their expansions are going to be. But um, part of the 1.5 update, they revealed that the free DLC includes new cars, new clothes, and more. Um, so, some of the breakdowns. You can now add new apartments. So after Act 2 in the game, Act 2 starts after the initial like start of the game. Like It's tutorial stages to get you really prepared in this world of uh, Cyberpunk. Um, you get four new apartments that V can move into. You have a Netrunner pad in Northside, a, a penthouse in Corporal Plaza, uh, as a new home and custom apartment makeovers will also be available in case you need to change the scenery. So if you have your basic apartment, you can remake that apartment that you get um, with these like normal apartment that you started the game out with. Um, there's going to be a new gun called the Budget Arms Guillotine SMG. Um, v can now finally change their appearance in the movie in the mirror of their safe house. Um, and try out a new range of Night City cosmetic changes on V. It's all cool, but it would be better if the game was in third-person view so you can actually fucking see it. Um, Keanu Reeves' character, Johnny Silverhand, can now be included in photo mode. Um, there is now muzzle brakes that reduce weapon, re on weapon recoil and add more precision to the arsenal of the weapons equipped. Um, it's now something called the Dora Polytonic Umbra, um, or it can be sca scavenge. Um, this is a new weapon. I don't know what it is. I, have, I haven't really tested anything new out yet. Um, there's another alternative appearance for Giant Silverhand with shorter hair, more stylish clothing, same rebellious attitude in his digital ghost form, a new jacket for V, and a new car for V. And they said it was so many updates um, and patches in the game that is too much to uh, to list. So, thank goodness, because I want to end this episode now. <laughs> I'm definitely going to go and test out everything. I'm going to watch the video and see everything that was added into the game. And I've been hearing rumblings because of the update the game got reset your points 
and skills get reset. I'm not looking forward to that because now I put a lot of fucking work on my V, and I'm, I know it's a, a, I'm pulling up a save file, but the fact that I'm gonna have to reset, respect a fucking character that I respect once before to get a specific skill set, I'm gonna be mad. Just a little—it's not mad, just a little bit of annoyance. Because I mean, like, <clears throat> that's a lot of work, and that was a lot of credits too. That was not a free credit to respect your character CD Projekt gave. No, it was, you had to spend that money. So, oh. but I can't wait to play it. Also, it's also available now for next gen, so you should be able to download it for free if you already own it on the PS5 and Xbox Series X. So that is a, that's a steal. Do it, and if not, support CD, I, I know they fucked up, CD Projekt Red fucked up, but, you know, maybe, you know, you know, just help help them out. Help them out. Make some money. Because I do want another Cyberpunk game. Okay. And with that, that was the new solo mission from Captain Desi is Dead. Um, to the next episode. Well, oh, as always, rate this episode. Or rate other episodes. Rate us in general on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends. Share this to the world. This was less cursing, less chaotic as the past ones. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Until the next episode, peace.